0: which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L O L A V I E. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rina, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Um, do, 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 do. All right. So basically, since this is the first, this is what I'm doing. I'll explain it to you as I explain it to people listening. So I'm going to start a new series on the podcast that's called Hot Topics. And so they're not going to be like actual episodes, but they're going to be it's just like very... Exactly. (laughs) Like we're on the view. So it's going to be specific episodes or specific topics in like a short episode. Um, so that if people are curious about, for example, today's topic, transitioning from a crib to a bed, they can find it in the podcast catalog and just listen to these specific topics. Um, so yeah, this is the first one and it's all about crib to bed transition. Basically, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because that is where we are at right now with Milo. And I've kind of been back and forth with, I feel like every time we have a little bit of a sleep regression or you know something going on, I feel like moving him to a bed might help. And so then I get back on yeah. the bandwagon of wanting to switch him into a bed. So we have the bed. It's sitting outside this room in boxes from Ikea. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of chat with you about that transition and for people who are listening, like when should people aim to transition their kids and like tips that we could give them and yeah, so that's, that's basically it. So for us, I'll just explain why I want to switch. At first Milo was getting out of his sleep sack And because he's really tall, I was nervous that he was going to climb out of the crib because I've heard of kids doing that and getting hurt, obviously. Um, So I was paranoid about that. So then someone sent us the tip to switch his sleep sack backwards so that he couldn't get access to the zipper. So I was like, this is genius and it has been working great. Now he figured out how to unzip from the bottom And get his legs out. So this is a new discovery that he just made. So So smart. Yes. And so when he's having these bad sleep regressions, he's standing up in the crib and he's trying to get out, but he's never really been able to move much because he's in his sleep sack. Right. So now that he knows how to get out of it and he's putting up major fights some nights to put the sleep sack on, like he doesn't want to wear it anymore and I can't really blame him. It is restricting. Um, Now I'm like, I kind of want to transition him just to avoid him trying to climb out of the crib. So
1: yeah, when do people typically
0: transition their kids into a bed?
1: So uh, yeah, it's usually around this time. Well- People are, I'll answer this in a very long-winded way. Um, There are two reasons why people want to transition their kids into bed. Um, One is that, which is more common than you think, is that parents are really interested in kind of pushing milestones ahead mm-hmm. right like it's a really nice idea to have your child going to bed instead of in a crib it, it signifies this big kid transition um, and it is it is a, a big kid transition and it's exciting um, and parents just want to see their kids in a bed truly it's like well we think they're ready they're too like let's do it <laughs> and 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 I get that I really do get that and I remember um, Uh, bringing Nora, who's my second, home from the hospital and looking at my two-year-old and being like, oh my God, you're like 15 years old. Like in comparison, (laughs) they feel so much older, right? So I understand that um, push. Uh, the other reason why people want to do it is for all of these reasons, that their child is really forcing it upon them, or the crib isn't really safe anymore, despite your best efforts, uh, that your child is a little Houdini. Um, and and also, let's just uh, applaud uh, Milo. Are we using his name? Yeah, Milo. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, Milo is using all of the things he should, all of his, uh, uh, problem solving skills in a very advanced way. So like this will always benefit him, but it is a pain in the rear for you right now. Um, (laughs) And I mean, this is, it was forced on us in the exact same way. So, uh, my oldest daughter is, you know, I always talk about her very lovingly is just fiery, right? You're going to have kids who are just are who they are. And so she didn't want to be in her crib anymore. So she kept flinging her little body out of the crib. Um, and she, uh, (laughs) she didn't really have a lot of coordination for a while because she had undiagnosed sleep apnea for two and a half years um that we did diagnose and she had surgery Now her she's like a different person wow for a long time i mean that's a whole other episode and i keep thinking i need to do that on my own own podcast because i i really think there's a lot of things that parents could watch out for and it usually starts to come out around the toddler time cole's notes is always look at things like um mouth breathing, snoring consistently, and you'll know. And I think any mouth breathing and any snoring, it can be normal. It always needs investigation. Okay. Highlight, underline, like people kept telling me like, she's fine. This can be normal. She's fine. And then she had a sleep study and she had sleep apnea. So did she go to a a lab and sleep? She did. Yeah, she did. So like, and I just know what I know because of this my work that I do and I know what's normal and what's not. And like um, if we were in the car and she fell asleep, by the way, the other thing is she was tired all the time, all day. She seemed exhausted. If she was in a car or in a stroller, she was that within five minutes. My- younger child had more stamina than my toddler, which was very strange to me. Um, and I just, um, I I followed my gut. I trust medicine. I trust doctors. I think everyone is human, but I think in the end, and I think every good doctor will say, um, and R E N T said, I trust you. You are at home with her. I believe what you're saying. And we tried some things. We tried some nasal sprays. We tried this and that. And in the end, like this was a three year investigation on and off. In the end, we went to, uh, we were at the like pre-op appointment with the surgeon. It still makes me emotional, but the surgeon was like, what took you so long to get here? And I wanted to burn the hospital down. I didn't do it (laughs) because I was like, oh my God, I pressed everyone. My family doctor was very supportive and on board, but the ENT, the, I made her like send me to a different one. He wasn't listening to me, um, and then yeah. He, uh, so in the end, her uh, both of her ear cavities were so clogged. She he was like, I don't know if she was hearing. Um, her tonsils were so swollen. Um, basically, that night the snoring stopped. Like the night of the surgery, wow. they warn you that your child will snore. And she's, we were like, that's a given. She already snored. She was done. Like her attention level, her coordination. She learned how to ride a bike in like uh, three days. So oh it's God. pretty incredible. It, yeah, it was honestly like truly life-changing. And I had a lot of guilt about even getting the surgery done.
0: Mm-hmm. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com/momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first little spoon order.
1: Backstory, so jumping back, when he had no no coordination was not really sleeping well. was literally flinging her body. We'd be upstairs we'd hear like boom and oh my then God. Ta, 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 ta. So it it does become a safety issue at that point, right? And then, um, so there's two things that you need to think about. My personal recommendation is to never take a kid out of their crib until they're at least three years old. The cognition between a two and three-year-old is quite significant. Even two and a half to three is quite significant. So, but there are situations where that's just not possible for safety, for whatever reason that you're talking about. Um, And in this case, and, you know, you and I have had this conversation separately. In that case, what we need to do is really safety proof the entire room. Mm -hmm. Nothing of danger or anything can be accessible to your child. So this means your beds, your dressers, everything needs to be attached to the walls, cords need be put away. Um, you can. There's lots of websites that will help you safety proof your rooms. Um, if you're in the Toronto area, there's a company called Kitty Proofers uh, that will come into your house and do it for you. I believe they're around the GTA as well. Wherever you are, I'm sure there's a company that does this for you if it feels like very overwhelming. Um, but essentially we recreate the room into a crib. And so that's what we did for, uh, Winnie. We just re, we took out anything dangerous. We had a few stuffies. We put everything that, you know, diapers, diaper cream up high. Um, and, uh, we just sort of said, okay, so this is your, this is your bed. Um, and we shut the door and we, we put, uh, like for us, we had like a little safety latch on the outside. So she couldn't come out. Did you put a mattress Directly on the floor? We just uh converted her crib into the toddler bed thing. She had like a little side latch thing or side okay. panel that worked well. So
0: one thing I wanted to mention as another reason why I really want him to be in a bed is because his thing when he doesn't want to go to sleep is to throw everything in his crib onto the floor and I know some people are like, well, fine. Like, don't go pick it up. Like he let him just cry and he'll go to sleep and he'll learn not to throw it out, which, you know, depending on his behavior and how, like, if I think that he's fucking with us or not, like it depends. That is what yeah, lets me know how long I want to let him cry for. But yeah. that starts to get really exhausting because in my mind, I'm like, he threw out all his stuff in a fit of rage And now he doesn't have his stuff that helps him fall asleep and make him comfortable. Like lately we've been giving him books. Like he has his soothers, he has his pillow, his blanket and his Woody and Buzz. So if he throws that all onto the floor, now he's not only crying because he doesn't want to go to bed. He's crying because he wants the things that he just threw on the floor. So in my mind, I'm like, if he's in a bed, he can't throw them out and then not have access to them. He can just go get them. So that's another major reason.
1: Yeah. And even with a toddler bed, they can still access their stuff. And Mm -hmm. I would say that, like, in the instance where it's, um, it's, you know, in any sort of methodology that I'm recommending... I always recommend some sort of check-in if there's obviously fits a rage or upset. And when you do the check-in, deliver the toys back. Um, But also just keep your interaction low, right? Like we're not staying in the room for 55 minutes. We're not having a whole conversation about Buzz and Woody and his feelings. Not then, not now. We're just saying, here you go. You're okay. We're outside. It's time for sleep. And then you leave. That has been very effective.
0: I must say, because When I open the door, I don't even look at him. And he instantly calms down once he sees that I'm coming in. And I look at the stuff on the floor and I just quietly and like gently put everything back in its place in his crib. And I give him a hug and I say, did you want another book? And I give him a book and then he sits down and usually lays down and looks at his book. It's so bizarre, but that has been super effective to just not feed into it and be totally neutral and just like address him, say, I'm sorry. Like, yes, we're staying in our crib now. It's time to go to sleep. And then just
1: gently walking away. It's actually been really helpful. I I think uh, the missing piece in a lot of sleep work for people is that you can be a human with your child. It doesn't like people be like, can I, can I look at them in the eye? Can I touch them? I'm like, Yes. Yes. They're humans, please. Um yeah, you you can go in and just what's the situation? It it won't impact your child. It won't make them not sleep to go and check on them and be like, "Hey, seems like you're having a tough time." Here you go. Here are the things you need. I love you. I'm just yeah. outside. Continue to have your sleep temper tantrum right now. I'm coming back. We we can always check on our child. There's this like all or nothing mentality when it comes to sleep training, which also puts a lot of people off and I re- it does not have to be that way yeah. to be effective. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it, so between the ages of two and three, if you're forced into the bed situation, the it needs to you need to have a gate on your door if you're not comfortable um with that. I would argue, however, if your child can get over their crib. They can get over the gate. Um, and it is a safety issue. So I do recommend shutting the door, having a safety latch on the door that only you can open, having one of the not the safety knobby things, you know, that can really put people off. It's the idea of like locking your child in. Yeah. We are not saying, My love, we're locking you in. Yeah, Like you're locked in. No, we just say, this is your room. I have to close the door. I'll see you. Oh, Winnie went to the door once tried to open it, puttered around. I feel like the, the, there's no psychological thing for a child unless we're like, yeah, I'm locking you in and it's bad. Like yeah. Yeah, it's like no, <laughs> it's them essentially in a cage. Yeah. And nobody has any feelings about that. But when I say let's lock the door, people are like whoa yeah.
0: Which when you told me that people had an issue with that, I was surprised because It is a safety issue and I would never be able to fall asleep knowing that he can just get up and roam the house. Like our, our stairs to go downstairs are directly outside of his door and Mm -hmm. that would haunt me. And my bedroom is like on the other side of the house. So I wouldn't even know if he got downstairs downstairs like that would be terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, we got those things to put on the door handle so that he can't open it, Perfect. but we're also going to still have the monitor. So it's no different yep. from the crib, like him being in the crib, Correct. I'm going to be able to see what he's doing. And that was one of my questions for you because the monitors are cords. How do people manage mm. that once the toddler can go around the room? There
1: are things, are like uh, these like plastic covers that you mm. can put along the, they're the same things that people use for like televisions or screens, right? There are these plastic covers that can like go along um, your walls or your uh, baseboards to cover okay. the cords, obviously. And then if you have blinds, those need to be right wrapped up, up top with no access to children's stuff. Uh, the, the other thing that um, parents forget about as well is if you've been using garbage bags for your windows you need to probably take them off because we can't have children playing with garbage bags um, at you know four o'clock in the morning we
0: have garbage bags on his windows because when we moved into this house the blinds that are in his room are very like see-through so yeah. it doesn't block the sun so that is a good
1: tip i wouldn't have even thought of that the garbage bags. And- well, we got to the point where we put them on the outside of our windows if that's okay if that's possible we we you know, I am who I am, yeah, totally <laughs> um yeah, okay, so between two and three, we need to have some sort of physical barrier so your child can't get out um of their room for their safety uh, and for your peace of mind after three years old, um we can uh you'll need to have a set of like boundaries essentially for your child. And just so you know, if they're not pushing boundaries, that is uh, less common. Okay. I think a lot of people think, okay, we gave you the bed, you stay there and I'll see you tomorrow. And some kids will do that for sure. And then most kids won't. Most kids, you might get one to two weeks of them sleeping well. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, guess what? I can come up, open the door. What's up? What's going on? Are you guys just sitting on that couch? I gotta go pee. I have a poo in my diaper. Uh, my bunny's on the floor. And it's like, it da 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 da. And it just goes there. So you have to have. Boundaries for that. Um, and that means, you know, you could um, say, you know, you have a potty pass. You get to come out one time to go to the bathroom or ask us a question. And then after that, like, you might have to defer some things until tomorrow. So things like, well, uh, I need to tell you about that. No, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Or my bunny's on the floor. Um, I'm sorry. You know, these honestly, you'll have to teach your child how to find their bunny. You'll have to teach your child how to put their blanket back on. Um, these are things that you will have to practice during the day um, and reward them. It is Ooh. a really big transition and they are going to love having that positive reinforcement. Um, so, for some kids, you will be fine with just kind of walking them back to their room. And again, what you're doing with Milo with the check ins, we're going to do uh, as well. And I like your. Um, so I, am always so conscious of your background in psychology, but I'm always, um, I, I tell people to be like robot parent, but then I'm also like, I'm aware of my learning of like parents not showing any emotions on their face and what that can do to children. But so I like your, your description of neutral rather than robot parent. (laughs) Um, so neutral is just meaning like, I'm not mad.
2: I'm not.
1: I'm not overly uh, emotional with you right now. This is a matter of fact situation. Kiss, hug, I love you. Good night. I yeah. would avoid a big um, response. Tuck, like yeah, like the big. You know the big tuck-ins, cuddles, hugs. Duh, duh. I. I. I hate to say like never hug your kid. No, they get those big lovely things. You can hear my kids. My you know, <laughs> COVID times. Kids have a runny nose. They're at home. Um, yeah, you want to avoid like big, big uh, you know, performances. Rewards, like- yeah, because that's what they're coming out for. A lot of kids at this age as well will talk about how scared they are. Um, and that's usually as a result of someone telling them or they've watched Daniel Tiger where Daniel Tiger is scared and they're like, okay, I'm scared now too. And I'm not saying that we say to help with your fears, they're not real. They could be real. Um, but we also need to make sure that we're not validating those fears. Like, into oh it, yeah. no, are you afraid? And they're like, well, I was maybe a little afraid and now I'm a lot afraid because mm-hmm. I'm looking at this reaction. Um, so you really want to be careful. I always suggest to clients, repeat what your child has said back to them. You're telling me that you're afraid of monsters. Oh, that must be really scary. But monsters aren't real and there's no monsters in your room. The end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what you need to repeat. Some people will get monster spray or they'll make a really big scene of like getting rid of the monsters, but you're validating. You're, you're saying that it's real. Yeah. You're saying I've made this potion that <laughs> works I and they're like, shit i was ki- Ugh, i just wanted to come out and now there are monsters for real it's yeah, <laughs> a yeah. portion on my so i would really avoid that um level with your kids and tell them there are no monsters don't feed into it don't play into it like my daughter will say things like um you know i'm afraid of zombies and you're like zombies aren't real and she's like but what if they are i'm like but that will never happen and she's like okay like <laughs> i know that you're afraid of it but they're not real. So, and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, The more that we play into these fears, like if you are truly worried that your child has some form of anxiety, it may be worth talking to a mental health professional about that. Um, If it's really bad, if they seem very distraught or very disturbed by their thoughts, like I would definitely check in with your doctor. But the the, I'm scared is like three to five-year-old playbook sleep sleep you know funny business it's Mm -hmm. it's like page one on the playbook. i'm afraid um so i wouldn't i wouldn't worry too much
2: ah mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the size of bed that you transition into because this was a huge decision for us. For me, my husband doesn't care. Um, <laughs> he he just wanted to go with the bed that would that we would have the longest. But I was sucked into a twin size because I wanted the really cute bed, and most <laughs> of the cute beds don't come bigger than a twin. So, anyways, yeah. we got this cute bed that I really like. But a lot of people are saying when you transition, make sure you transition into a double or even a queen. And, you know, put the mattress on the floor. So a lot of the times it's because they say, if you get to a stage or a phase where you have to lay down with them at all, then there's more room, but don't do it. Don't get to that phase. I know. I know. I know. I knew you were (laughs) going to say that. And like, that's what I think too. Like that's the whole point of, you know, healthy sleeping habits is we don't want to have that happen. So I, I just didn't go with the bigger bed, but
1: I'm being biased though, but yeah. I'll say, so I say that and a, that's, that felt like judgy to me what I just did. So I don't like that, <laughs> but here's what I'll say. I, my job is to help people sleep independently. They hire me to stop doing that because they don't want to. Mm -hmm. If you are already like a bed sharing co-sleeping family, then yeah, go for the bigger bed, go for something with longevity. I think that that's fine. My fear. Okay. And this is why that I'm going to walk you through my like judgmental face. So anyone watching this is like, what a bitch can I, I just want (laughs) to tell you what I was thinking. So if you, if you are at the point you're not sleeping with Milo you're not co-sleeping that's not a part of what you want. So then wh- the advice to be like oh if you ever have to sleep with them on the outside that can sound like oh you know when you sleep with your kids once or twice i'm telling you it's not a once or twice thing. Mm-hmm. When, when you are at the point of sleeping with your kids, it means that they've now associated falling asleep with you present. Mm. And if that's not something you want to carry on with, then I wouldn't ever go there.
0: And that's the whole thing with, with sleeping is that it's a very personal and like individual thing for each family. And totally. And that's what I always point out. Like, what's a problem for me? sleep wise might not be a problem for you and that's fine. But, and I can understand why people do end up like laying down with their kids and like getting into that. But we had a few nights where I was laying on the floor beside his crib and I was like, okay, like we're not doing this anymore. So then we, we changed up what we were doing completely. Um, but yeah, I can see how people get into that. And if you don't mind doing that and that's, you enjoy it, that's fine. But yes,
1: Yes. And I, and that, and I really want to underlight highlight and italicize that, that if you are already kind of co-sleeping with your children sometimes, and it is something that you see yourself doing, then go for the bigger bed. If that's not something you want to do, like the amount of clients I've had who have been like, I've had a perfect independent sleeper and who slept well. And then one day they told me that they were afraid I sat with them and I haven't left this chair in a year. Yeah. So that happens all the time. I would be very, very cautious. Anything that's like more than three days, you got to cut it out if you don't want to continue. And if this isn't a judgment call, this is behavior science 101. If I do this, my parent does this, and so if you don't want that behavior to continue, you may want to call me, and I can help you out of the chair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, are there any other things that we? I think we covered everything. Like safety is a big thing. um, The size of the mattress. I wanted to talk about when to transition, and yeah, we went over some of the challenges.
1: Uh, I think, you know, one of the big things that happen, like when most kids are transitioning, they're in a pull-up um, for a mm. while or, or a diaper still overnight. Um, that's great. Have a plan for um, teaching your child how to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm just telling you from personal experience, my lovely fiery daughter came into my room like, three times a night for a very long time to go to the bathroom. And then when that stops, she's like, um, I had a thought about school today. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. Um, so you might want to like have a potty pass system. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, make it a big fun thing.
0: That's another reason why I wanted the fun bed because yeah. I was like, cause my husband was like, why don't we just take his crib out and put his crib mattress on the floor? And I was like, no, but I want this to be special for him. And I want him to be excited to go to bed. And which yeah. is why I lean towards the more, it's like a cute little canopy kind
1: of bed that he can like,
0: you know, it's kind of like yeah. a little cabin and whatever. I, I wanted
1: it to be special for him. Yeah. I, and I think that's the right, that's the right move. The big thing is Between two and three, your child is just not ready to be in a room that they can leave. It's not safe. So I yeah. really wouldn't do that. After three, you're probably going to be able to negotiate better with that. Have boundaries, structures. Um, I hate rules, saying have rules, but maybe have like your bedtime routine and the rules of having this bed. Um, have a it, it might get to a point where you have to have a consequence where look, we're gonna have to shut your door. I'm sorry, you're coming out. Now, obviously, you don't have to shut the door forever you might have to do it once or twice and they'll be like, okay, I'll stay. Um, But know that it does take time also Uh, with both of my girls. With Winnie was really tough just because I wasn't ready. I wasn't a sleep consultant. It was challenging. And then even with Nora, I was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready. And it was still hard because yeah. they're boundary pushers. So you're not doing it wrong. Them coming out of the room doesn't mean you need to change anything. It means that they are living up to their three to four to five-year-old selves and doing everything that they should be. And now it's your job to be the parent and set the boundary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me specifically, should we try and wait it out as much as possible in the crib? Because Milo's two and I a think half.
1: If it feels like you telling me your safety issues are, that's like a red flag for me you don't want to have to like suddenly switch to a bed like we did because she almost broke her arm. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he's at the point of like kind of teetering out that the sleep sack isn't working, you, if you can move to a bed as long as you have some sort of barrier of a gate or a safety yeah. latch on the door.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well we'll see how long it takes us to put this friggin' bed together
1: yeah. <laughs> and get it well, out of the boxes if you, you know, survive putting together Ikea furniture with your husband, like, I mean, that's a whole, that's a rite yeah, of passage.
0: Totally. <laughs> all right. Well, I will keep you updated. Obviously I'm going to keep everyone updated on Instagram with our little transition and how that goes, but yeah, Yay. thank you for all your help. And when I have another sleep hot topic, uh, will you come on?
1: Yes. Okay, enjoy. good. <laughs> Yay. I've been watching your stories for the last two weeks being like, why doesn't Renee call me? Literally everyone I know their kid will be like, I sneezed in the middle of the night. They're like, Amanda, what happened? You're like drowning, drowning. And I'm like, stop it. Call me. I know. So please. I know. I am like, you know what it is? Like
0: I have issues and I'm such like an overthinker and I'm trying to like I have like put, put together my plan and, you know, and honestly, when Milo is in like a sleep regression, I think it's so stressful for me, but I always assume that it's going to be really temporary. But like, yeah. luckily this last one, it didn't, it wasn't going away at all. And I started to get nervous. Mm-hmm. And then I made that complete shift in what I was doing. And like, he's not getting out of his crib, like set major boundaries and was following up. Great. And then it wasn't really an issue anymore. But, um, Yeah. I, I get so when, when he has sleep struggles, like my emotions and my like stress level, like, I'm just like, I crash and I'm just like, yeah, it's so weird. And then I get mad at myself because I think to myself like Renee, he's just not sleeping well. Why are you so stressed out about this? Like sleep becomes such a stressful thing and frustrating so yes
1: well um, it's because your body is like ah if we don't sleep we're not our best selves and it's it's a total it's very 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 common reaction yeah um to myself as well so I get it but yes any sleep topic that you want to talk about I am happy to discuss it grown-up sleep too awesome oh that's a fun one okay (laughs) all right (laughs) well thank you so so much